WKNC 88.1. You guys are listening to Carolina Grown. We are just entered the second hour, uh, which means, of course, that I am joined in the studio right now by Cicely Mitchell and Al Strong. They are the two organizers from the Art of Cool Festival, which is coming up in April in Durham. I am really, really, really excited for this <laughs> festival. So thank you guys so much for coming in and joining me. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I want to kind of give the people a little bit of a rundown for those that are not familiar with Article. Um, how long have you guys been doing this? Um, we've been around since uh, November 2011, um, doing pop-up concerts uh, in downtown Durham. Uh, we originally started at Labor Love Gallery at Golden Belt um, on East Main and just grown a grassroots following ever since. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, essentially, <laughs> that's that's the backstory. We started by presenting um, small pop-up concerts in non-traditional venues, such as art galleries. And um, yeah, it was a time where we brought in all our own sound, our lights, rugs, stuff for the bandstand ambiance, and we've sort of graduated to this point now where we, we are able to take over traditional spaces, in a sense, and partner with venues and businesses, yeah. Right, because so you guys started doing this in art galleries, and I remember the first thing that I really saw um, was one at the poorhouse this summer. I think it was like uh, Hades Coyote, something I cannot remember how to pronounce, but it's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of really versatile stuff that you guys are bringing. And for those that have not checked out the lineup, there's a lot more than just jazz on this. Um, you guys have Maceo, who is, of course, a legend mm-hmm. of the scene, like one of the most well known saxophonists, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, you've got some really unconventional stuff too. Like Thundercat is one that really, I was telling you guys, I had to like wrap my mind around this lineup, but mm-hmm. I was not expecting to see someone like Thundercat, but mm-hmm. it's all kind of like coincided with a sort of jazz theme. What was, what were the sort of criteria that you guys had to follow when you guys were making this lineup? Well, um, it had to be cool. <laughs> it had to be cool. It had to be cool. It had to be soulful. Yeah. Soulful, funky. Um, accessible for mm-hmm. people. Um, right. mm-hmm. One thing we've learned, uh, you know, fairly quickly, you know, some people have a mindset of, of, you know, when they hear the word jazz, you know, some people see it as just, you know, stuffy elevator, sleepy music, you know, and so we really want to, um, you know, expand the audience for jazz and uh, really, you know, push that envelope of you know improvised good improvised live music um and so yeah that was pretty much the criteria had to be cool funky soulful uh danceable different yeah it's very eclectic um we had uh one other creative director so it's uh three of us primarily and there's a little bit of each one of us um in that lineup um really booked as fans first and foremost of uh you know the lineup right and so how hands-on was this you guys basically all three of you've booked and coordinated all of this together yeah yes mm-hmm. which is it's crazy to see how quickly in my opinion that this has grown has this been like an overwhelming response for you guys did you expect it to pick up like this um I don't think anybody could have expected how, how quickly uh, Art of Cool grew. Um, we really didn't, you know, from day one, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to have a festival. You know, it was yeah. just something that, you know, we let organically grow and let the uh, community, um, you know, kind of push along. Yeah. So. 
I think one of the most uh, most propelling factors uh, with us beginning um, was that you know, I strongly felt that we already had a really nice music scene here in the Triangle. Um, a lot of great musicians, you know, local guys, um, musicians that moved here from, you know, various places. Um, so it's sort of like the best kept secret of the South, you know, that not many people in other places know how how much of a thriving scene we have here. Right. So that became sort of our um, platform to begin presenting concerts, um, you know, <clears throat> and gradually we built our our crowd base and uh, became um, sort of a matchmaker, you know, between artist and musician, you know, or band. So it's like, you know, you set set a friend of yours up on a date, like, hey, it's this young lady I think you <laughs> really like, you know, um, let me let me set you up on a date. You know, this is the time and the place. Be there. You know, and so people come and they, you know, they consume the music and, and the atmosphere and the vibe of everything. And we've sort of built our brand just on the experience, which is, of course, that's what this festival is like. The experience times 20. Definitely. You know, 1,000, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And within the Triangle, you know, a lot of the cities have very different vibes. And I know that it's clear that, you know, like Durham has a lot more of a jazz-oriented crowd, I'd say. It's it's clear that, you know, we got some other cities that are kind of catching on to it. Um, when I was talking with uh, Peter Lamb for what was supposed to be on our second segment, or our first segment, he was telling me, you know, that we, we got, like, world-renowned jazz musicians that are out here mm -hmm. teaching classes, which I know you teach some classes as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, getting kids interested in it, and they're sitting here playing with, like, almost legendary jazz musicians. It's... Like you mentioned, it's a very, you know, like tucked away secret here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have a vision of Durham that is not this jazz hub. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really interesting to see a project like this raise such awareness for this. Um, one of the terms that I heard uh, getting thrown around around the time of the Kickstarter program was like a hopscotch for a jazz festival. Do mm -hmm. you guys feel like you've accomplished that with this lineup? Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty diverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the lineup goes, yes, definitely. And the format. Yeah. The format mm -hmm. is very similar. Um, we were very lucky to be in Startup Stampede last summer. Not this summer, but last summer. And um, that was when I got introduced to Greg Lohenhagen of Hopscotch. And so, um, you know, the format is very similar. Um, you know, they've got a great formula. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, and I like the, uh, mix of outdoor stages that they had as well as, uh, being able to see, you know, the different venues that were available and restaurants that were available in Raleigh. And so, you know, I thought that it would work pretty well in Durham. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the startup stampede is actually where the idea for the festival took shape right mm -hmm. because um you know the idea is that they help you incubate an idea for your company you know no matter what your company is and so when cicely told me that hey you know our idea should be this festival you know what do you think um you know i'm always pretty neutral about things but <laughs> right you know um you know it's it's great to expose you know people of this area to this you know the type of uh festival and the caliber of performers that we're um you know, bringing this time around. I mean, I played at Montreux in Switzerland and, and North Sea Jazz Festival, you know, um, and, I mean, just the whole experience, you know, even as a consumer, you know, um, is just tremendous. So we hope that we 
kind of like starting a, you know, starting a bit of a fire, you know, lighting a fire under people to kind of want more and more of these types of experiences. Definitely. And it seems like this festival is going to be a really immersive experience, too, um, because kind of following you guys sort of have a bit of a parallel with the hopscotch uh, setup. There's going to be panels. There's going to be shows during the day. There's going to be some outside performances. Um, but one of the things that really got me interested that I haven't seen before is these master classes. Mm-hmm. Can you guys talk a little bit about how this is going to be set up? Because I'm very interested in hearing about this. So the master class, um, it is in partnership with uh, NCCU. So um, that's one, I guess, difference uh, if you want to you know, compare the two is um, uh, NCCU normally every spring in, a- in April has a jazz festival. And so um, we got a chance to sit down and talk with them and uh, their jazz festival is now, their presentations will be within uh, the Art of Cool Festival. And so they normally bring in uh, artists to do master classes for um, the students. And uh, we also have you know some grants out to get some more of the lineup. It won't be everybody on the lineup, but um, to do some master classes as well. So um, that's a typical of a jazz festival, right, um, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you, you find us other jazz festivals. Um, you have panelists, you know, great musicians right. are serving as panelists. And, um, you know, the topic could be, you know, the presentation of music in the 20th century or something, you know, towards that effect. And so um, the other types of master classes um, are they resemble workshops, which is sort of what happens in uh, North Carolina Central around the time uh, of festivals, when they have festivals. But, you know, the students get to play w- for the artists and with the guest artists, and the guest artist gives back feedback and critique, um, you know, various approaches to improvisation, you know, um, playing as a section, you know, a, a range of topics. And so um, tying this educational component in, I mean, it's, it's just really essential because, um, in a sense, we feel like we are – article has a hand in um, sort of re-educating the audience members as well, you know, about, you know, how, I mean, taking in jazz is a very personal type of experience or music in general. Um, So at least talking about what the, you know, the basis for how, how you consume your music, you know, like the type of energy, I always say this at my shows, like when, when the audience really gets into it, it feeds it even more energy into the music and then, the musicians feel that energy, and it just it makes for a great experience. So Definitely. And um, one of the things that strikes me is uh, around the triangle, and it seems like, I guess, at a lot of places that jazz shows now, a lot more of the younger generation are finally starting to get into it. But you kind of see a varying level of people that have knowledge of jazz. Uh, I was talking with Peter. I'm going to be bringing this back up so mm-hmm. people can kind of understand what we talked about and kind of get a glimpse of it. Um mm-hmm. That, you know, you'll have people come up to you at the show that'll be like, you know, I've been listening to jazz for 50 years, and this reminds me of this. And then you'll have younger people come in, and it's something totally new and exciting for them. Um, and it seems like you guys have done an awesome balance of the two mm-hmm. with uh, the article. So what what do you feel like particularly in the lineup is geared towards a newer audience, and what do you feel like is going to really kind of hit those that are already in the thick of the jazz scene? Like, who do you think is going to be really excited about what? Mm-hmm. Well, what I would I would begin by saying is that regardless of, uh, 
which performer we're going to reference. Um, everyone on the lineup has paid tremendous attention to what jazz tradition is, and therefore they've been blessed in finding their own sound, you know, and their own style of playing. So, but to your question, um, I think someone like Robert Glasper has really, you know, kind of redefined the lines of hip-hop and jazz, you know, so he would probably more than likely attract a younger audience. Yeah, R&B and jazz as R&B, well. yeah. Yeah, he, his, uh, you know, first few albums were, you know, very, I wouldn't say straight ahead, but they were, you know, not, you know, very instrumental. Like mm-hmm. he didn't have um, any singers or that sort of thing or vocalists on mm-hmm. it. But then, you know, his last two albums are you know very mainstream something that you could hear on an r&b station um now so he kind of i think plays both sides yeah oh, right? definitely definitely he is uh he can he's one of the few artists that takes sort of a pop approach like you listen to his album and you hear it and you think okay it sounds like he's like trying to find the single which is sort of like the pop approach whereas most jazz records are normally crafted as telling a complete story all right. the time. you know that's sort of the the goal but mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah. so um you know a group that would be more like i guess traditional would be the clayton brothers yeah, yeah. clayton brothers yeah um yeah just really soulful swinging style style of jazz um you know very energetic of course maceo yeah is, maceo uh, funky yeah funky torchbearer you Definitely. know guaranteed to get people on their feet and dancing but um, accessible stuff, like for people that might say, I don't like jazz or, you know, and they just want to partake of the experience, um, probably the Hot at Nights, um, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. similar as Knee Body, um, yeah, Thundercat. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody is, like, everybody's been talking about the Thundercat show. Yeah, like, I mean, they want to see him shred. Yeah. Know? He does that just effortlessly yeah. so, <laughs> but of course the foreign exchange foreign exchange their music yeah. is very accessible Definitely. and uh yeah yep and we are going to be hearing some of the foreign exchange a little bit later this hour um right now which we're gonna bleed into the beast talking about the hip-hop jazz combination um which one of the things that really struck me about this is until i talked with um sicily actually the summer when i did a piece for the technician i did not realize that he was the son of a like, Grammy award-winning jazz artist, which yeah, explains yeah. so much. So it's really awesome to see now at this point, you know, like actually two generations of North Carolina's scene coming together for this festival. It's yeah. really, really interesting thing to see. So we are getting ready to play Translation from the Beast's uh, EP uh, Silence Fiction, which came out a couple years ago. They just recently put out an album uh, with the Big Band EP, which is fantastic. If you guys haven't got to see them play with a big band, you should definitely do so because it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting ready to hear translation from the Beast, and then we'll be back with more chit chatting with the good folks here from the article. You are listening to Carolina Grown right here on WKNC 88.1. WKNC 88.1. You guys were just listening to translation from the Beast. Uh, I'm still here in the studio with Cicely Mitchell and Al Strong, the two co-organizers from the article. Uh, and we are going to be chatting for a little bit more, about another half hour, about uh, the Article Festival, which is coming up in April. It's April 24th and 25th, I 25th believe. 25th and 26th. 25th and 26th, yep. Yep. Um, which is going to be a really, really exciting festival. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the artists on the lineup. Uh, of course, Maceo Parker, 
Um, we talked a little bit about Robert Glasper. You have heard a couple of tracks as well uh, from some artists that will be playing. The Hot at Nights are going to be performing. You just heard The Beast. And uh, we're going to play some music from the Foreign Exchange in a little bit as well, who will be playing, which is going to be a really exciting show. Um, but one of the ones I'm really, really looking forward to is uh, the Miguel Atwood Ferguson performance. Can you guys kind of outline this a little bit for people that are not aware of who this guy is? Because it's huge. Yeah, we're very lucky um, mm-hmm. to have Miguel Atwood Ferguson. Um, he's one of the um, you know top performers um, you know on this on this festival lineup, and um, he will be playing on that Saturday, the twenty sixth. And um, the idea of having him—he's um, a, a viola player, and he's out from LA. But what he is known for is um, putting together these huge uh, orchestral, um, you know, presentations mm-hmm. of uh, Dilla works. And so, you know, for those people, I'm sure everyone knows who Dilla is. Yeah. But taking hip-hop, uh, you know, I guess, like, their standards. <laughs> and yeah. now, you know, they're, right. they're legendary songs or beats. And he arranges them, um, you know, for these large ensembles. And so he's going to um, be commissioned mm-hmm. to doing arrangements uh, to give tribute to four uh, North Carolina jazz soul legends. So um, his presentation will be, you know, songs from Thelonious Monk, uh, John Coltrane, Roberta Flack, and Nina Simone. And um, we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we're a nonprofit and we want to preserve and present uh, and promote jazz. And so this this particular concert is to do just that, you know, mm-hmm. but in a cool way. Yeah. And well, he, I guess we're still gearing to have him work with kids notes yes he'll be visiting with uh, another nonprofit um that albert works with it's a durham uh based um you know chamber music right um organization called kids notes yeah yeah mm-hmm. and they they educate um um kids uh but elementary school yeah. they very Kids. Yeah, they start them out on you <laughs> know mini violins and cello and viola and uh, just you know bring them up through the program um, and they uh, put on concerts um, and actually they brought me on last year to start their first jazz combo. So here I am teaching you know younger kids. I'm like man, I was I was you guys' age when I was learning these jazz standards, but uh, currently I have a celloist. Um, uh, viola, violin, flute, um, little girl on drum set, man, it's just awesome. So you know, um, and they're you know they're learning jazz standards basically um, from from that perspective, and uh, it's a really great program. So anyway, Miguel's going to come in and do some workshops with them while he's here. It's just awesome seeing that you know there's an entirely new generation that can start young with jazz, which mm-hmm. gets me interested in like how. How did you guys get into jazz? How old were you when you got into it? And how has your taste within the genre kind of evolved since then? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I could start that. I mean, I, I, I've i been playing trumpet since I was in elementary school, like marching band and you know other orchestras and concert bands. But I didn't really start taking lessons until I got to high school. So I was about 15. And I went to Duke Ellington School for the, for, for the Performing Arts. And uh, you were... Um, 
required to take a private lesson, so which I loved. Like I always wanted private lessons on trumpet. So that's when I began to take private lessons. And also I was given like my first jazz CDs, uh, Clifford Brown and Cannonball Adderley, just some trumpet peers of mine at the school said, hey, man, check this out. And when I you know, first checked out Clifford Brown, man, I was just like, wow. And I was like, man, I want to, this is what I want to do. And uh, of course the school allowed us to travel to, you know, various festivals uh, all over the world. And, you know, after interacting with, like, Wynton Marsalis and, you know, other jazz greats in these settings, I felt like that's, you know, that was when I knew that I wanted to be a professional musician. And so, um, yeah, so it's been, what, 20 years, maybe a little bit more since I've been checking out jazz. My tastes have um, kind of is coming full circle, you know, because back when I first got into jazz, I mean, I was listening to, you know, hip-hop you know biggie smalls and tupac Mm -hmm. and you know al green and soul you know all kind of soul marvin Gaye and stuff and then um it just i just went straight like mainstream jazz for a long time and just you know um, charlie parker and you know miles davis and everything and now it's just coming back to you know to what it was more or less so that's those are those are my roots (laughs) yeah Um, i'm more a newbie or I guess novice to jazz. Um, I've always liked uh, hip hop, R and B. You know, grew up on like Albert said. You know, the Biggies, the Tupacs, the mm-hmm. but also Jill Scott and Erica Badu and uh, you know D'Angelo. That was you know what I you know gravitated towards. I didn't really start getting into jazz very heavy. I mean, I knew I wanted to know more, like in undergrad, and it's like, oh, yeah, one day I'll get into that, you know. I'm going to collect all the Miles Davis albums and stuff, but never got around to it, just like really cheated and just went and got the greatest hits and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, it wasn't until, you know, meeting Albert and, um, you know, learning more about the scene, you know, going to uh, see him perform and then going to see others perform, that, you know, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of, um, you know, more people need to know about this, yeah. you know, type of thing. And for some reason, I don't know, I just took up the flag and, you know, wanted to make sure that people knew that this was going on. That was, you mm-hmm. know, that's yeah. kind of my my roots. Like the scene, like you said, has always been there. Definitely. Um, You know, for me, I was just, I don't know. That I was think my it's thing just, I wanted to mm-hmm. just tell everyone about about it and how cool it was. Mm-hmm. I think it really demonstrates just the infectious power of, you know, just good music, you know, um, because it, the same the same has been said for younger kids, you know, about, well, they don't like jazz and this and that. Well, they really haven't been exposed to exactly. it. So how would they know? You know, and then you find, you know, so it's, it's I, I believe what happened with Cicely, what I, when I met her, she was listening to Dwelle. Dwelle. And, yeah. A lot of other people, you know, and, and, you know, which is great music as well. And just from us hanging out, her being around Miles and this and that, I mean, I've, I've been amazed to see how her ears have grown so strong, just, you know, stronger than some musicians. Like, she can tell the difference between, and I brag on her sometimes, you know, <laughs> she can tell the difference between John Coltrane and Charlie Parker, you know. Of course, they play two different types of saxophones, right. but some people don't know the difference, you know. And just from just general just listening, you know. Um, she is able to, you know, she's really, you know, 
dove headfirst into the music and therefore you see the result you know the work with the art of cool project has really you know shown that yeah definitely and you guys mentioned you know like the scene was always there and it's it's astounding to me because i didn't know for the longest time about how many you know jazz legends either were born in north carolina or called it home at some point um the first real jazz i really got into was thelonious i was at a venue at my hometown back in new Bern, and he mm-hmm. put on it's monk time Mm-hmm. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is this? And mm-hmm. then I looked into him, and I was like, man, this guy lived in North Carolina when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And then you look into it, and you're like, oh, well, Coltrane lived in North Carolina when he's younger, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Berta Flack, and Nina Simone. And it's it's crazy to see how it's evolved. Uh, and while it hasn't always been as prominent as it has been in the past, there's always been a strong staple here. Um, how do you guys feel about the current state of the jazz scene? Obviously, you guys are pretty excited about it, mm-hmm. um, given your involvement in it, and I think you guys have really done an excellent job of spearheading it around uh, the Triangle area. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think it's standing amongst, you know, like this is a, a state that is primarily now known a lot for like the college indie rock stuff, mm-hmm. um, some folk in bluegrass is getting up there, but jazz is kind of making its way back up. You know, I was mm-hmm. talking with Peter, and he's like, this is the strongest I feel like it's been in a while. It's it's really exciting to be a part of, and I'm interested mm-hmm. in hearing you guys' perspective as to the state of the scene right now. Yeah. What? Okay, I'll I'll lead this one off. I mean, um, I mean, yes, yeah, great. There are you know lots of musicians. You know, I guess I would I would say more than there were like uh, ten years ago. Currently living in the area, more venues to perform at. Um. You know, the thing about it that I feel like Art of Cool has um, sort of helped to kind of nudge along is that relationship between artists and bands and the artist. Uh, I'm sorry, and the audience. Um, just, you know, people saying, and we, we saw it all the time, especially in our first year, we're like, wow, we didn't know that, you know, this, you know, this existed here. You know, like there are musicians here who sound great, you know, and where can we find it? It's like, well, it's happening all the time. Just visit the website. We try to keep a comprehensive calendar of who's playing where. Um, so, you know, it's just having that relationship now with audience, you know, participation, just people always, you know, wanting to know where you're playing next and stuff. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it has a positive impact on the musicians, you know, such as Peter Lamb and myself and, you know, Brian Horton, who just put out a record as well, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I value that type of support, you know. I think it's strong... Um for several reasons, um, of course, the level of talent, um, especially at the three universities, um, you know, which are what, how many miles apart, you know? Yeah, Just, right, right. You know, a few miles apart. I mm-hmm. think that's one big reason why the scene is strong. Um, Just because there are young people who can come into Durham, into Chapel Hill and study jazz um, you know, with or under the um, the professors that are, you know, still putting out music, still, you know, not only teaching but, um, you know, making their own albums and and that and touring. Um, I think John Brown still, you know, he's still touring. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, I think that's one piece of it. But I think the other piece is that. Um, because there are the universities here and this area is kind of like a, a think tank type area, um, there are a lot of highly educated people who seek out the culture. 
So the audience is is a ripe audience for jazz. Um, one thing that you know I, I see as my strong suit in the organization is I'm a I'm a statistician. I'm a researcher by trade. So you know I geek out on the numbers about arts uh, participation uh, and surveys that the National Endowment for the Arts have put out about jazz and about jazz attendance. And one of the um, big co-founders or co-variates for coming to uh, participate in jazz is that you have a you know, high degree of education. And so this area is, is a prime area with all the schools here. So there are people who are looking for you know, that type of um, music culture. Um, and then also I think the presenters um, at UNC, at Duke, um, at NCCU, try to bring in, uh, you know, thought-provoking artists. Mm -hmm. You know, they keep current. Um, I will say Duke Performances does a really good job of bringing kind of young lions mm -hmm. um, to the area to keep people abreast of who's who. Um, Aaron brought uh, Robert Glasper the same year he won the, the Grammy. Mm -hmm. before Black Radio 2, um, you know, Black Radio came out or mm -hmm. it was out and it was about to win a Grammy or something like that. Yeah. But his ear, you know, he, mm -hmm. he knew that that was, you know, somebody that was cutting edge and, mm -hmm. and he wanted to uh, you know, take it out of a, a Duke um, hall and put it in a, you know, club venue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's those type of um, resources that we have in Durham that really think about um, you know, bringing that level of talent here and then presenting it to an audience that's ready um, mm -hmm. to receive it in, in the best way. So I think it's a couple of things um, that are there that make it strong, um, you know, with the, the mm -hmm. culmination of all of those pieces coming together. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned like there's a lot of the young lions that have been coming around. And one of the big things that keeps me intrigued about this local scene is that there is a solid combination of very established artists around here. And then a lot of up and comers that really have a lot of potential to go somewhere and do a lot of really interesting things, even on the level of, you know, Peter Lamb and the Wolves um, started out. One of the things that was really interesting to me is uh, he told me, you know, you guys, because of course Al is a member of Peter Lamb and the Wolves. Mm, yeah. He's, he yeah, is the definitely. trumpeteer, <laughs> I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and it formed at uh, one of the inauguration parties at Humble Pie. And right. then mm -hmm. at the most recent round of inaugural balls, you guys were playing in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like, a testament as to how quickly something like this can take up. Because mm -hmm. there is such a deep pool of talent here. Mm -hmm. um, who do you guys feel like... Uh, are some of the ones that people should be keeping an eye on around here? Oh. I'm I'm really crushing on the new Hot at Nights. Um, you know, you turn that on. Their their new album, Try This, came out not too long after um, Kneebody's um, new album, The Line. And, um, you know, I don't know how many people know who Kneebody is, but Kneebody has really kind of taken off. And I mean, you can turn it up, turn, try this on right after that. And it's like, it's on the level. It's right there with, mm. you know, where anybody is. So, I mean, I would definitely have to say, you know, the hot at nights are one to really watch. Um, 
you know, especially they do projects with um, Nicolay, you know, and um, so I mean, I, that's just yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, they're they're um, they're I mean, I w- in my thinking, I would say tons because there's, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of great local one. artists. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to choose just one, but I mean, you have uh, you know, of course, Peter Lamb and the Wolves yeah. group, um, you know, I mean, it's been. Uh, what seven years it's close to eight you know i guess at the end of this term you know i'm trying to keep up (laughs) with it by terms but um you know and then you have yolanda rabin you know who's a great singer um in durham you know you have kim errington you know um her music you know along with the show um is just really phenomenal um really great music um you also have uh, the beast. I the, like beast. the beast, especially yeah. with the, all the extra. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The, ba- the big band behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I told you. I love the, break, the concept that is, too. Yeah, that is one of the most fun gigs I get to play is with the beast. Um, just because the arrangements are really challenging. Um, you know, it's a combination of reading, improvising, and just hearing like unique instrumentation. You know, like definitely said. Um, who else? The foreign exchange, of the course. foreign exchange, yeah. of course, of course, right? Yeah. It's Marcus Anderson, yeah. he's a saxophonist. Um, he's uh, currently on tour with Prince. You know, um, I mean, you just there's so many artists. So yeah, I mean, it's just fuel for the fire. You know, that's that's what uh, that's what this is about. And there's no, it's really no surprise that a lot of these artists are doing their thing. Um, you know, because I, I guess you get out of it what you put into it. So that's why. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna start rephrasing my question when people ask me about Article. Cool. Are you surprised it's gone? I mean, Sicily, you know, the team worked really hard at you know getting the word out and and you know making sure that Article continues to grow. And so, you know, along with that work, you know, you should see some results. So definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Chris Burner. From mm-hmm. the Hot and Nights. He does work with the Foreign Exchange, I yes. believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of bringing it all full circle. We mm-hmm. started with the Hot at Nights. We're going to close out with some music from the Foreign Exchange, um, who are going to be playing at the Article. Um, really, thanks so much for coming in here, guys. We're wrapping things up. Um, I will look forward to having you guys on again sometime in the spring. Cool. Because I, I can't get enough of it. I can't. <laughs> right. The jazz bug has bitten me. And, awesome. Good. <laughs> and it's gonna stay for a while, I'd imagine. I don't be surprised if you guys out there in listening land start hearing a lot more jazz around the KNC. <laughs> because it's been we've been getting them in. I was talking about this Bone Slinger album uh during one of the breaks and you know, it's like you just put it on and you're always genuinely surprised, I feel like for me, because it's always something new. And there's so many different outlets that people can take with jazz music, whether it be the hip hop route whether it be the experimental route, like you see a lot with the Hot at Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of different ways you can take this, and it's continually exciting. Um, and hopefully some of you guys out there have also been bitten by the jazz bug. Um, and if not, check out the Foreign Exchange, because that might do it for you. You never know. Yeah. Um, so we are getting ready to play a track. It is a single from their latest album, which you guys will be hearing a bit of on KNC as well very soon. Um, This track is called Call It Home from the Foreign Exchange. You guys have been listening in with Cicely Mitchell and Al Strong from the article right here on Carolina Grown. We're closing things out. Uh, Next week I will be joined by Caitlin Carey and John Lindsay from the North Carolina Music Love Army. So definitely, definitely stay tuned for that next week. I will not be in the studio, but we will be airing some really interesting conversations. So thank you for joining in. 
I am Grant Golden, been joined here by the folks from Article, and you guys are listening to the Foreign Exchange right here on WKNC 88.1.